Uh, my name is Jeremy, and it's my wife, Jesslyn. And so we'll just, we'll just start from here. Okay. okay. <laughs> the church was a very strange place to me, and anyone to do with religion was foreign. The language, the practices, beliefs, and even setting always had a weird feel to it. Not to assume it was bad or good, but as an outsider, everything just seemed unnatural and weird, and I wanted nothing to do with it. I was brought up in a very dysfunctional family. Parents were divorced at three, and I was a ward of the state of Hawaii since 12 years old. Street raised and criminally tutored, I was on, and on drugs, I've managed to be in and out of boys' homes, foster care, group homes, detention homes, and youth correctional facilities. As an adult, I've made it to community prisons and penitentiaries, finally resulting in a 20-year sentence. And during these times, I've noticed the so-called Christians or religious people who prayed and read their Bibles were usually the ones that I noticed would come back with more drug charges or worse off mentally. As a result, anyone who tried talking to me about coming to church or, hey, check out this Bible verse, I would immediately shut them down. I saw enough to know that it's all bogus and nothing more than another annual boring Christmas story. Uh, growing up, I recall going to a variety of churches from Catholic to Christian, and at some point we settled into a Christian church. There was a fundamental understanding of God's existence and the importance of going to church on Sunday, but I didn't understand what it meant to have a relationship with God. My childhood was relatively normal. We lived in a home, went to church here and there, we're active in sports and other extracurricular activities, and on weekends, you can always find us at, at the beach. That changed when I was in middle school and there my dad was addicted to, to drugs. Life, life at home was no longer normal and structure within the home started to fall apart. Everyone did their best to get through the unknown, and I think most of us went into survival mode and it all looked different. I recall praying often and eventually stopped in high school. I can vividly remember the day that I decided that God did not answer prayers, so I keep praying. This conclusion was only confirmed later when my dad, who started going to church, returned to his ways, and that small glimmer of hope that God was intervening in our lives faded as quickly as it came. My parents divorced before I graduated from high school. We lost our home to foreclosure right before I headed off to college, someplace I did not want to go, but my mom, who is very much ingrained in the importance of education, filled out every single one of those co college applications and basically said, if you don't leave, you, you never will, and that's not an option. So off to the island of Oahu I went. My mom was and is a relentless praying mom. She would often snail mail me Christian books on being born again and would take the smallest opportunities to talk to me about the sins I was committing. She knew that I had given way to the world and she was not wrong. But because of her, I knew who God was, believed in him and his existence, but far from having or desiring a relationship with him. I believed that once saved, always saved. So that was a green light for me to do whatever it was I desired. The path was wide, not narrow, so to speak. After spending over 10 years in prison, I was released and began working. Soon I found myself at a, at a tattoo shop as an artist. Money started rolling in. I made $22,000 my, my first month and chased that amount every other month. Partying and drinking became the new normal. After all, I missed my whole 20s and wanted to make up lost time. 2011, I was in a high-speed chase while drunk and on parole. And anyone who's on parole without a driver's license knew the rules, never pull over. And sure enough, I got into a bad car accident that should have killed me, but it didn't. I should have gone back to prison for this one, but because I was 30 feet from the vehicle when the police arrived and, 
uh, when police arrived, they couldn't charge me because they, uh, with the evasion of police or drunk driving, but I still had to go into treatment where I met Jesslyn. <clears throat> In 2012, at the age of 30, I experienced what my family re refers to as my midlife crisis. This was the year I learned my grandfather, the consistent male figure in my life, was dying of cancer. So I did what I do best. When life becomes difficult, I create distractions. I suddenly quit my job and ended an eight-and-a-half-year relationship without warning. I went from being the responsible, reliable child with a master's degree to being unemployed, single, without much of a plan except to do me. I could care less about anything or anyone, and I would venture to say that I fell deeper into the ways and customs of this world, believing in fulfilling my desires and taking charge of my destiny. But God is good, merciful, and gracious. What the enemy does to harm, God redeems. It was in the same year I met my husband again, having met him a year prior under not-so-typical circumstances. I had returned to work, oh, he had returned to work, as a tattoo artist, and in my rebelliousness, I decided to get my first tattoo. I went from an ending an eight and a half year relationship, declare my commitment to singleness, to moving in with him in a matter of six months. He proposed soon after, and it was around this time the relationship became volatile. After six months of being together and living together, I found myself back doing the same crap, drinking and smoking ice. However, this time, by God's mercy, God had us living next to a pastor and his family of a small church. These people were different from the Christians I've experienced in my life. We got invited to church from time to time, and we would decline and say, no, thank you, we're good. What's good about it? He would say, say back and laugh as he walked away, knowing we weren't. In 2013, we had moved from his bachelor pad apartment to a nice two-bedroom townhome, and unbeknownst next to a pastor and his wife who heard every fight and would consistently in a very warm and non-intrusive way, invite us to church separately. I eventually accepted her invitation out of desperation, acknowledging that something had to change. I went from being confident in who I was to not having a clue about anything in my life. I initially took relief in having someone next door I could confide in and seek counsel, but seeds were being planted. I started to desire having a relationship with God and quickly learned that there is power in prayer. Things got dramatically worse and fast. Soon I started hearing voices, and they weren't scary at first, but eventually they became more frequent and more angry, making me paranoid. Houseless and living in my boss's tattoo shop, my neighbor who lived next to the shop wanted to smoke. Five minutes after she left, I saw police and ambulance outside and saw her dead in her wheelchair. I freaked out and called Jesslyn, wanting to come back home. This was a breaking point for me, thinking I just killed her. Shortly after Christmas, I received a late night call from Jeremy telling me that he, what had happened and asked to come home. He sounded defeated, so I agreed. But nothing changed and the option for him to go back to the shop no longer existed because bridges with his boss had been burnt. We had another five months on the lease, so to expedite us going our separate ways, I contacted our landlord and requested to terminate our lease on January 31st, giving us about a month to figure out our next move. On New Year's Eve, I found myself alone, depressed, and completely lost. I began praying and pleading with God, and very clearly, he revealed to me that I had not surrendered myself 100%, and I knew what he was referring to. That night, I committed myself fully to God and experienced immediate relief, a peace beyond understanding I'd only heard about that even Jeremy began questioning where my joy was coming from. 
It was obvious that I was being restored and I was very willing. In the next one and a half months, God worked so quickly and radically in my life and Jeremy's that I knew there was no way I could or would ever deny his love for me. Nights I found myself worried or wondering, I immediately went to him for comfort and strength. My prayers began to morph and I found myself praying specifically for God to remove Jeremy from my life, that he'd be arrested or just simply lose interest. In a matter of one week, he had two police contact and a new charge. Any police contact while on parole results in the remaining time being served. That meant he was going away until 2021. An answer to prayer, right? I was quickly reminded that God answers prayers in ways we aren't always meant to understand. And after some time had passed, I called Jesslyn one night, angry, demanding that she, that she needs to help me. You did this to me, I would say. She says, I can't help you. You need to give your life to God. What the hell does that mean, I would say. You process that any way you want, but that's what needs to happen. I don't recall how many days later, but I found myself in my room and on my knees and hanging and from withdrawals, crying out to God, okay, God, if you're for real, help me because I don't know what the F is going on anymore. My memory of the after prayer were, was fevers, sweats, pissing in the bed, seeing demons in my dreams and waking up to them standing by my stairs. Demonic oppression was very apparent. Guilt, shame, and basically I realized I was a sinner who was separated from God and that God was opening my eyes to my current state spiritually, and I had absolutely no control over it. If there was anything I knew instantly, it was that Jesus was more than an annual Christmas story. How? Because my frequent and recurring nightmares stopped, the voices in my head stopped, and I wasn't seeing them anymore. The impact of having an encounter with Jesus was obvious, and I embraced it. God's way of me embracing it was arresting me and having me face my parole officer for a terroristic threatening. And anyone who gets called in on a Wednesday knows you're going back to prison. However, God had other plans. Two-year residential treatment at Hawaii's most notorious treatment center run and operated by ex-cons and addicts. Not knowing that God was about to show me not just who he was, but who he was not. This place worshiped everything and idolized everyone except Jesus. My faith grew here out of opposition to the gospel and attacks on the Bible were frequent. I would read my Bible sometimes three to four hours a day and learn quickly how important a prayer life is when, you, when you're mocked and laughed at for having a belief in Jesus because you see most of these guys saw the exact same so-called Christians in prison that I did. The difference wasn't a struggle with their personal faith. I realized the difference was they just never met the conditions of repentance. They had an emotional experience and that faded away. Here's what I learned, that repentance is not an emotion, it's a decision. You make it and you follow through. This way, the outcome will never be our own doing, it'll be God's, and that's where the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen will be revealed. Also, about this time, my TT case got thrown out and dismissed. God found me not guilty, and the way that played out was nothing short of a miracle. While in the program, I was able to get a pass, and we both got baptized. Soon I transitioned and was able to get a, get, uh, get a job as a baker. We got married and I moved back home with Justin right before the, first, the birth of our firstborn, Akela. I left the world I knew and put my hand to the plow and did not look back. Almost two years had passed since I gave my life to God and now our life was about to begin as born-again believers. We started attending Calvary Chapel, Port Harbor with Daryl Skinner as our senior pastor. We began to build our family starting at home. We made connections and built relationships with members of the church that we still have today. 
We got involved in anything we could and had a really good home group. It was God's kindness. <clears throat> okay. We married in February 2015 and had our first, born, uh, our first son, Akela, in November. The two words that come to mind when I think back in 2015 is restoration and healing. God restored many relationships that year that had been strained. But really, healing was taking place because there was a lot of hurt and hang-ups that I had held on to from many years prior. I had taken my family on a wild ride. There was a lot of pleading, a lot of questioning, and trust had been broken. But God is intentional. Our families got to witness our transformation. Converse, conversations about God became more frequent with those I never imagined having them with, to include my parents and my dad, who was born again, siblings, cousins, aunties, uncles, and grandparents. These conversations we have with our family are my favorite. It is enlightening, meaningful, sometimes challenging, but we're just happy to be a part of it. Knowing who is on our side is comforting. Times I find myself wondering why. I'm immediately reminded of who, and that is reassuring. It was God's kindness that drew us to repentance. It's by his mercy we're able to love and love the same and walk humbly with him. It's by his grace we've been saved through faith in him. And it had absolutely nothing to do with anything we could do. We have no power to repent of our sins. We were by nature children of wrath who once walked according to the course of this world, dead in trespassing, dead as trespassing sinners. Similar to the prodigal son who did it his way and found himself tending to the pigs in a pig pen, desiring slop. There's a saying our pastor neighbor would say, pigs don't know pigs stink. Mud is comfort to them and slop is just their daily meal. Stop being a pig. I too came to myself and realized I was a pig. Luke 15, 20. And he arose and went to his father. Just like the son, I came to myself and realized I had my back towards God. I lived, I lived a life offending him, doing the wrong things, thinking the wrong way, living the wrong life. I made a decision to turn towards God and I followed through. Confess myself before I'm a sinner, ask for forgiveness because everything I was capable of brought me to my knees, withdrawing from drugs, demonically oppressed, and desiring pig food. You want to read that conclusion? <laughs> we conclude in 2018, the third prayer, the third request my PO submitted for early discharge was approved. We moved here in September 2019 and attended our first service at Calvary Chapel Southeast. The second Sunday we were here, we connected immediately, and after our first service, we went out for prayer, and the Holy Spirit welcomed us home to our home church. Not one of our jobs we had planned worked out for us, and we only had a couple thousand dollars to make this work. Even though we, we found work pretty quick, COVID still hit a couple months later, and we found ourselves right where we belong, in prayer, seeking God, looking unto him, the author and finisher of our faith. And God has a way of reminding us that we can have the best plan in the world, but ultimately, he will have the last say. And most times, it's better than we thought. Proverbs 16:9 says, A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Our family has grown. God has blessed us with three boys, ages 2, 4, and 7, and has restored my relationship with my 24-year-old daughter. We are business owners of a small growing company called 808 Cheesecake and specialize in authentic and local Hawaiian-flavored cakes and cheesecakes. I still consider myself as an artist and as a, and as a pastry chef. Justin is a program director of a substance use disorder program helping lost people find their way and God has opened many doors here where she, she shares the gospel in word and deeds. That's all we got. Thank you. Thank you.